0: bare naked. 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 naked abc's welcome to the bare naked abds where we cover every song from seven to y wait what did you say abds did i oh my yes yeah, son of a gun i typed that wrong okay. i not like
1: you to make mistakes like that tracy
0: all right, let me try that again. Welcome to the Bear Naked ABCs, where we cover every song from Y to 7. Wait, that's not y right Y to 7? Seven. Seven, seven, 7 to Y. All right, <clears throat> here we go. Get it right this time. Welcome to the Bear Naked ABCs, where we cover every Bare Naked 80s song <laughs> from Y
2: to Y.
1: You're gonna need an eraser for all those mistakes. Oh <laughs> Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh.
1: womp, womp. <laughs> well, thank goodness
0: I have a delete key. Yeah. Before the invention of computers, I don't know what I would have done. Mm. <laughs> So tonight we are joined by Aaron and Michelle, and we will be having a discussion about Eraser. I draw it with a pencil. Because it's just a stencil.
1: If I do retry it. Well, then I can't deny it. I'm gonna need my little...
0: the 2008 snack time album i'm not even going to ask aaron what album this is off of because it's so completely obvious that's
1: very much a although (laughs) well we'll get into it i have quite a bit to say about this one actually okay i figured you would Uh, it is written by kevin
0: hearn Mm. but it is sung by the whole entire band including tyler it's interesting we'll get to who replaces Steven when they do it live nowadays? Because <laughs> mm-hmm. they do have a replacement for Steven's lines. I'm going to hand it over to Aaron to talk about this song. Because, correct me if I'm wrong. Aaron, is this song in in D flat?
1: <laughs> that's that's incorrect. You would need to erase that that's mistake. Incorrect. It's in C major. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you. Uh, so yeah, let's. No, I, I
0: made that joke because in one of the videos, <laughs> one of the videos when they do this live when they were they were out. doing it at Borders Bookstores across Mm -hmm. the nation to to celebrate this and to put it out there. In one of those videos, Kevin comes out and says, and this song is in (laughs) (laughs) D-flat. I was like, that can't be right.
1: Maybe when they play it live, I'm not sure. But that would be a half (laughs) step up. D-flat or C-sharp. I
0: I will let you take over, Aaron. Tell us about this song.
1: Alright, let's break it down. Breakdown. Breakdown Breakdown, breakdown. Here we're gonna talk about structure and time. So Eraser is in C major for the most part. There are a few different sections, and uh, the the primary four four section that I'm gonna call like the the verse and the chorus. That's around 155 beats per minute. But then there's the bridge section, which goes into this lovely 12 eight feel, and it sounds very. Pl- pink floyd-esque i think yes obviously i'm a huge pink floyd fan so i enjoyed that that's a little slower it's about 132 beats per minute there are also some operatic moments a la queen Yes, (laughs) (laughs) Yes, <laughs> eraser.
2: <laughs> you copied my paper. If I make an error, I can always make it better with my eraser. Eraser, eraser, eraser.
0: You said Pink Floyd. I thought I heard like if we're talking about the same part. Yeah, I thought it was like like Joe Cocker. A little help from my friends.
1: Um, I mean, oh, uh... borrowed you. Litter. but i made an error i could fix it make it better oh. mm-hmm. a little bit but like in the, in the instrumentation maybe there was a little bit of that in the in the vocals But the instrumentation with the the piano and the the 12-8 feel, it was just very, it could easily have been slipped in that segment alone to like the dark side of the moon without someone noticing, you know what I mean? It was, which is very high praise coming from me because that is one of my favorite albums of all time.
2: In my notes at that point, I have Comfortably Numb. Like it just, just that whole atmospheric, lush, gorgeous.
1: Oh, nice. There you go. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, it's got those... It's very lush-sounding and ambient. Yeah, I love that section. So uh, there's they got some jazzy vocal harmonies, um, and I love the record skip effect at the end. The first segment where they're saying Eraser uh it's like the chorus changes really so the introduction is going over the chorus changes kind of sort of it goes from seven to one seven to one um although really you could argue it's just staying on the one and then we're playing the seven to get that gravity back to the one and then it goes to two five one classic jazz turnaround two five one into the verse which is a four five four five two five one uh The chorus is like the initial segment, so you're pulling down to the seven, but really kind of sits in the tonic, uh, then up to the then down to the six. Pardon me. Then up to the two, then up to the five, then back down to the one. So you have six two five one. That is a classic jazz chord progression. I mean, I'm eighty percent of the real book is six two five one. And in fact, there are a lot of songs where it's just like two five one two five one two five one two five one. Uh, In fact, if I'm not mistaken, I think Giant Steps by uh, John Coltrane is like a series of 2 five ones in, in different keys, and it just keeps shifting key. You get a very, very jazzy kind of influence there. At the end of the second verse, instead of a D minor to G major to C major, we get D minor to G major to F minor, a chord which is not diatonic to C major. So we have a key change here. Uh, and you can really hear the change in tonality and feel. It brightens up a little bit, and it sounds very much like, oh, we've stepped into new musical territory. It sounds like we're in a minor key now. I was thinking A minor because that's the relative of uh, relative minor of C, but it's not. The chords they use here, F minor, A minor, D, they're only diatonic to E minor and to G major. And the tonic center here seems to be G because we land on a G at the end for the turnaround back to the C because G is the, uh, the fifth degree of C major. So we're actually in G major, but we're playing some minor chords and it sounds kind of minor-ish. Uh, that's just for that second, uh, second chorus at the end of the second version to the chorus. Uh, then we have the operatic section, which seems to be sitting comfortably back in C. We have this interesting run of natural notes up and down the scale. It's very loudly proclaiming, okay, we're in C now. Everybody got that. But it's followed up by a strong ostinato slamming on that G, that race or, uh, but all that's really doing is slamming the five to build tension so we can resolve back to C for Our chorus changes. So, if you're following all that, we got our intro, verse one, chorus, verse two, bridge, chorus, outro, which is sort of a B A B A C B. And then, if you want to call the, the outro another B. Um, ultimately, I like this one better than any other of the children's songs we have heard yet. It was musically more complex than the others. And enjoyable in its own right, really. Especially that lovely bridge section. Uh, Again, which wouldn't sound too out of place uh, in peak perfection era Pink Floyd.
2: Totally. This is my favorite off of the kids' album. It's pretty great. When I was listening to it, I was thinking, if I was a teacher of elementary school kids like young kids yeah i would and everybody was stuck inside at recess i would totally put this on and have the kids get the wiggles out or (laughs) sing along to it like with the eraser yeah i just loved it i thought it was great and everything that you pointed out were things that stuck out to me too i was getting pink floyd references Mm. i was getting queen references i was getting the shout tears for fears oh no not tears for fears um Shout! You wake me on a shout. Oh yeah, on,
1: yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Oh, towards the, the end. Ship. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it just was such a great, fun, energetic, over-the-top piece, and everybody just got to like get crazy in the song. It felt like I just I loved it.
1: Yeah, it was really like I said, easily the best of the of the children's songs. Certainly of the ones I've heard. hundred percent. Yes. <laughs> why? Well, curious as to why Tracy is this your least favorite Tracy?
2: this is down
0: for me
1: oh my goodness
0: this is lower for me really and it's for all the reasons that you guys like
1: <laughs> <laughs> he's like ah oh, it's two adults give me the mac and cheese <laughs> <laughs> no
0: i mean i like each of the pieces i think my problem is is that the way they the way that they come together doesn't meld for me the problem that, that happens for me is each of the pieces i enjoy and if they were if each of these pieces were a different song, I would love them. Or even if this were, you had mentioned earlier, Queen. If this were a seven-minute yes. song like Bohemian Rhapsody and it flipped <laughs> around and it hit with each one and it stuck with each one for like a minute or to two minutes. And Ah,
1: I was going to ask, what's the difference? So you want it to sit longer. It's too ADHD for it is. all over the I, map. Is that what you're I saying? like each of the okay.
0: pieces and before I get to sit and enjoy it and just kind of really relish in it, it's gone. And and we're off to the next thing, and I don't get to fully, thoroughly just kind of immerse myself in that moment of what each of those pieces is, except for the beginning and the end, which is, I enjoy the beginning and the end, and I and I think for mm. a kid's song, it's very energetic, a lot of fun. It's just that middle piece that just kind of throws it. And then the other part that I don't <laughs> like about the song, and this this is, once again, one of my problems that I have with Kevin, is, and I have to say... I know what Mill was saying. Mill was very much true in that if you're listening you got to listen to Kevin for the music not for the lyrics. The lyrics are there but they're not his main focus. His main focus to make you feel. And and as a kid that's what I did. I listened to the songs and I had the lyrics in my head but I didn't like focus on the lyrics. Even growing up into an adult I didn't focus on the lyrics as much. I knew all the lyrics and I would sing them but now I go back and I sing the songs and I'm like Oh, yeah, that's what that song was about. Yeah, I didn't put it together even though I knew all the lyrics. Okay. It wasn't because I was naive. It's because I really wasn't paying attention to the lyrics. I was just kind of feeling the moment of the music. I don't get what I want out of this song with Eraser. Like, I want him to make this great analogy that, that Kevin can make with Erasers. I want him to really delve into that idea that, you know what? The reason we have erasers on the on the pencil is because we're supposed to make mistakes, and the idea is to make mistakes, and that's how we learn and like really, like flesh that out. And he doesn't really do that with this song. It's very insubstantial.
2: What if the whole point of the song is all these little snippets are him starting a song and then and erasing, erasing it, and then going into the next thing I, I and erasing that and going to the next piece and erasing. I mean, that
1: is exactly how uh, uh, Band on the Run and, and Bohemian Rhapsody got written mm-hmm. as well. And I, think, uh, I think Stairway to Heaven, if I'm not mistaken, a lot of really great songs came out of these bands having different song ideas and kind of just jamming them together. I know what you're saying, Tracy, is... yeah, well, Day
0: in a Life, which I love Day in a Life. But yeah. the problem, like, I, there's nothing I dislike about Day in the Life. The only difference between that and this <laughs> is this is so short, I don't get to relish in that yeah. middle part.
1: For me, yeah, I would love, I personally would love to hear the middle part fleshed out as an entire song, because I really dug it. But, I mean, it's not jarring for me. I think that the way that they hand, they navigated uh, musically with the chord change that I, uh, pardon me, the key change that I referred to, uh, they handled it very intelligently as far as being able to lead the listener and navigate through those particular changes um i really enjoyed it. it it's again it's you know it's not up there with you know uh, all my like favorites but uh, certainly again as compared to like the other uh songs from snack time I'm, I'm thoroughly impressed by this one and i tip my hat to kevin and kevin please come on the show because michelle and i love you <laughs>
2: <laughs> I love
0: Kevin. It's just not this song.
3: <laughs> matter of fact,
0: Mill gave me a very good turning point with Kevin. Yes, I just it w- I think that actually in some ways soured me to this song even more in that I'm like, oh, I'm like sitting and just trying to close my eyes and trying to sit in the mu- and it's gone. <laughs> and it, it was jarring to me for and that it reason.
2: Maybe that's maybe that's the point. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's the point of the song. Like and it like, might be, things can get erased. And it's not bad. Let's well, move on. It's not bad done. Like talk-
0: everyone does a phenomenal yeah. job on this song. Like it's each of these hitches, each of these types of music that they're hitting on, is extremely well done and and beautiful. Yeah. Like you said, that that middle piece could fit in Dark Side of the Moon, like and just blend <laughs> in, and you would, except for the voices, you wouldn't know any different.
1: Yeah,
0: it, it is beautifully done. It just
1: isn't hitting me that's fair i mean you know we all have our different tastes and such um but i like it quite a bit and i, I like the idea like i've I mentioned previously i write music but i've maybe finished perhaps 50 songs or less in my entire life up to this point and i've probably started 300 or so maybe i should take a take a cue here and dig back in my my catalog and try and put some of these bits mash together mash them together make a salad
2: <laughs> do it <laughs>
0: I would love to hear that, because I like all the music that I've heard from you so far. So, Oh, thank you. I don't have a lot to say about this song. I mean, we're, we're very no into this song, and I don't have much to add. I can say that in concert, when they do this live in concert now, the person who has been their drum manager, uh, Rob Tiny uh, Minigoni, Min, Miniglone comes out. He's been working with Tyler for 17 years, I think they said. Mm. And he comes out and sings Stephen's part during those times. Oh, nice. So it's it's actually kind of fun. And he cool. actually comes out a lot of times during the concerts and does different bits that they need him to do. So there was a couple weeks ago, yeah. mm-hmm. Michelle, that we were talking about who's that guy on the side of the stage that's dressed as Santa. That is Rob. <laughs>
2: Oh, That's okay. right. So interesting. He, he
0: came out during one concert as God. He came out. You know, he comes out in all these different concerts and does different bits and pieces throughout the
1: concerts. So.
2: Interesting. Mm-hmm.
1: Regarding the
2: more you know.
1: Yeah, exactly. The more you know. Regarding the lyrics, I I don't know Kevin as well. And I don't know any of the band members as well as the two of you do, but. I wonder if he was trying to say something a little deeper here. I mean, obviously, I try not to chew it because I just shouldn't do it. So, I mean, that's obviously... You can definitely take this as a kid's song. It's literally about a pencil eraser. However, um, I mean, even that, I try not to chew it because I shouldn't do it. Maybe that's about breaking habits, you know. But I wonder the line, if I make an error, I can always make it better with my eraser. Who hasn't wished they had an undo, you know, or a, a redo button on like Command
2: Z, Control Z.
1: Yeah, it's Control Z.
2: That saved my life more exactly.
1: than one time. So, I mean, I, I wonder I wonder if, you know, he was kind of pondering that when he mm. wrote it. It's
2: Kevin, concept. you'll have to come on the show and tell us.
1: Yeah, you'll have to come on. Otherwise, we're just going to have misconceptions.
0: <laughs> well, I'll add a misconception in there because this is one of the last <laughs> songs that they played together on the Chips and Dips shore. Mm. Uh, ships and dips shore oh boy i can't speak tonight ships and dips (laughs) cruise and it was it's jarring to watch them sing this once again you don't have a lot Mm. of that chemistry between ed and steve watching them they have really great connection when they're talking but then as soon as they start singing I may be reading into it. Maybe it's because I know where it comes out, and I'm doing a, a post-talk kind of analysis here, so I know where things go up. But during the singing, there's a spot where Steve steps forward when it's his line, and you just get this this look hmm. from Ed where he turns and looks away. Almost like, I don't know. It It's not—Ed, you know, if you're hmm. going to read body language— Ed usually looks towards Steve or smiles towards Steve and like they each, they all communicate with their eyes and their body. And Ed very much communicated with his body in that moment when Ed stepped, when Steve stepped ahead of the microphone and just turned his head away and like frowned.
2: I also, he's not having, I that. also
0: have to say like, it was really hard to see Steve in that state because he was extremely skinny at that point And it, he didn't look like Steve in that video. Mm. He didn't look unhealthy, but he didn't look Steve. Like, he had lost considerable weight at that point. It's good to see him back to a healthy weight.
2: We're happy you're better, Steven.
1: Yes, please come on the show.
2: Again. Let's talk about it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> we, know you, we know you listen and hang on to every word.
0: <laughs> so, anyways, <laughs> I took us down a dark path there. <laughs> I have nothing more to add. Do you guys have anything more to add about this song? It's very short.
1: Nope. Yeah, it's short and sweet. I like it. Um, I wish that more of the uh, songs from Snack Time had been like this and a little more experimental yes. and out there and and cool. Exactly. Well, I'm going to
2: put some numbers to those. So we're going to go for power montages. That's our ratings for this song.
1: <laughs> power montage? Yeah.
2: I just felt like each bit of the song was its own mm. unique little... Piece.
1: Vignette, or something. Vignette,
2: yeah. <laughs> yes, maybe a vignette, a power vignette. I'm going to change it. <laughs> Thank you, Aaron. Because um, that's more. That's a better term. I like that. Um, I give it a four point five. I liked it. I wow, would listen to you it. Wow, uh, it's great. It's a great song. Um, Aaron, how about you? How many power vignettes do you give this song?
1: I. I gave it a very high, for me, for a song off snack time, uh, 3.4 vignettes. Wow. I I really had to struggle to place this because there are so many songs that I do like better, but I wanted to make sure I was rating it highly enough because I do like it better than a lot of other stuff that we've covered as well. So I I really kind of struggled to find the right number there. I feel like 3.4. And again, with 2.5 being average, this is well above average. And uh, it's unusual for me to be thinking of uh, a song off of uh, Snack Time and thinking, wow, I'd really go and seek that out and listen to it. But especially, probably primarily because of that wonderful bridge section. Yes. Uh, I, I definitely could see myself doing exactly.
2: that. Okay, Tracy. Now,
1: now we get to the haterade drinker <laughs> over here. How
2: farly down are you going to pull this song? Okay, it's going to get pulled down. <laughs> but I do want to point out
0: that... One, it's definitely not my lowest song. Two, it is definitely not a low number by by any stretch of the imagination. Um, I still like this song. It's just not up there, and it's not one that I typically will play off from this album. Um, and we'll get the kids' responses in a few minutes. I, It's really interesting. Um but so I I give this a 2.75. It's above average. It's it's good. I'll listen to it. It just there's it's not like a, I love this song. I got to play this all the time kind of thing. Um and maybe that's also us coming off from eating that last week like hearing that and then coming to this like I might just be having a little bit of a response to that. So we'll see when we do our review at the end of the year if that changes.
2: Interesting. Okay.
1: Interesting, yeah. I wasn't expecting you to go down sub three. That, we're all over the map on this one. It's a divisive song.
0: Well, I had to look at other songs, and I have to say I like mm. Popcorn more than I like this song. So, And Popcorn's a three. How? <laughs> it's just a really catchy, poppy tune that is like a lot of fun to play with the kids. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and I like, I like Easy better than I like this song. And I gave that a 2.9.
1: I still need to uh, yeah, I still need to weigh in on Easy, don't I? Yeah,
0: yeah, Easy and Elfs Lament, you still are are needing to weigh in on.
1: I <clears> will <throat> have to make you sure I do that. Got a couple
0: that we got to get you to catch up on. But there's a week I'm going on vacation, so maybe you and Michelle <laughs> can can have some discussions of the ones you've missed.
1: Well, looking at my scores here, interestingly enough, I see that I also rated Born Human a 3.4. So, maybe that's just my Kevin score there right we There we go.
0: <laughs> I don't know. you. Your snack time and, and popcorn numbers are lower than that. So, And he definitely wrote those. Oh, did
1: he write those? Yeah.
0: And so I haven't mentioned it yet, but what we're going to do now is we're going to actually throw it to the kids and we're going to get the kids' review on what they think about this song. Okay, Benjamin, so tell me what you thought of Eraser.
2: I get that five-two-one. No. Racers.
0: And what did you like about the song?
2: The middle of the
0: song, when it sounded like a soap opera. When it sounded like a soap opera. <laughs> what do you mean? It was playing opera music. Oh, opera music. What was your? What was another thing that you liked about the song? The part where it kept saying Eraser, 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 Eraser. Okay, and what would you change about the song? Anything? No. Bella, tell me what you thought about the song Eraser.
2: I give it a five.
0: What was your favorite part of the song?
1: I liked it when it it had, like, a song that, like, a cowboy I could just, like, dance too.
0: Okay. Bella, what would you change?
1: I wouldn't change anything.
0: Were there any other parts of the song that you enjoyed?
1: Um, well, I like the whole thing.
2: Okay, thank you guys both. You're welcome. You're welcome. Tracy, what did you get for appearances <laughs> this week? All right, so...
0: Um, one, I do want to point out, there's a couple of videos I'm going to be posting of when they did this live. Um, one is just before Steven left on that Ships and Dips tour, and I still think it's good to watch, because you do get to see them, uh, interacting in a very different way, but you also get to see them live. Um, there's also a lot of really good banter before they start the song, so that's a lot of fun to watch always with these guys. Um... Also, there's a couple more appearances I'm going to put in there. Of, I, I picked kind of the best of the best of when they did their Borders tour to kind of promote the Snack Time album. Um, and you get to see Kevin really super long holding this note. I mean, we're, he's holding that first note of the song for a good 30, 40 seconds. And he and, he and Ed have a, a hold off the note off kind of contest to see who can hold it off longer. And Kevin wins. Over and over again, so it's a lot of fun. So I'll be posting a couple of those as well. Awesome. So guys, we got an email. Oh really? From did we get a postcard? We get we got a postcard. Not a chimpanzee
2: postcard, but we got a postcard. Thank God. I would have been livid <laughs> if it was. <laughs>
0: got a postcard from tim jar i hopefully i'm pronouncing his name correctly um it's a very long one so i'm gonna snip this down <clears throat> especially since he and i have had now three back and forth conversations and each one is probably easily a page long um he's definitely a fun person to have a conversation with and i could sit down and just have a glass of wine and talk bnl with him all day He said, hello all, I recently discovered your podcast and have been making my way through a few select episodes in the back catalog to get an idea of what it's all about. It's led me to a few questions, and I may be underestimating with a few. He was. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I'm one of those people who love to talk about music that I enjoy, Mm. so this will either be the start of a really great long conversation, it was, or I'll scare you off. Nope. (laughs) Nope. First of all, I'm curious about who you all are and your background with the band, so I let him know that to go back and listen to our first episode, and he Hmm. did. Um, He's been vaguely aware of the group since about 1991 when he and his friends were in high school listening to alternative music and they were introducing him to newer bands uh, beyond the ones that his older brother had already set him off on. And Hmm. he says, I don't think I became a fan of my own until 1991 when Stunt blew up. Ben he's been in the fold for every record since then, although he hasn't always found time, he hasn't found time for fake nudes yet. Um, mm. and he's seen them in concert four times.: Wow, nice nice. Here's his questions. Do we ever dislike a song? All the
2: all the episodes he's listened to so far. Tim, I'm
0: going
1: to listen to another postcard. Tim,
2: I'm going to direct you to listen exactly what Aaron just said. Listen to another postcard. I'm not sure which episode that is, but you will definitely hear my disdain for that song. And then every episode after that, I usually mention my disdain for that song going forward at least once so and thank you for giving me my opportunity now um so yes i do not like another postcard it makes me crazy
1: no another postcard
0: is your lowest yes so i'm looking through to see who everyone's lowest is at this point
1: it's a tie i think for seven eight nine vegetable town and do they know it's christmas
0: for me yes it
2: is oh that's hilarious
1: i tell you the the Christmas songs and the kids' <laughs> songs. I'm a Grinch. I'm just a Grinch, I guess. He's
2: a mean one, <laughs> Mr. Aaron.
0: <laughs> and my lowest one, I think so far, looking at this list, if I am correct, is Vegetable Town. That was my lowest score mm. that I've given so far.
1: Yeah, you rated that wow. one lower than I did. That was that was a surprise. <laughs>
0: yeah. No, I did not like that one at all. That was that was a dislike uh, firmly on my part. <laughs> um, but if you don't, if, if that one doesn't do it for you, you can go back and listen to Carol of the Bells episode or Daydreaming episode. I I dislike those ones pretty strongly as well. So, <laughs> <laughs> so we do have ours that that we dislike. We don't all kind of dislike them all at the same time yeah. though
1: we occasionally drink the haterade
0: <laughs> we will probably find one that we all can that all across the board we all dislike but it's gonna it's gonna take a good good strong bad song to make vegetable that
1: happen. town was pretty low i mean i mean <laughs> michelle had a 2.5 so just average i guess that's that's not poor but uh, that was we we all universally had that uh, 2.5 or lower
0: yep honestly also- though go ahead <laughs> He asked about what our position is of the group on Steven's exit, and then later on came back and said, oh, yeah, we got that one. We, we yeah, talked about that Yeah, we talk that about
1: one. that fairly often. <laughs>
0: oh, that's... And it's interesting. I told, as I told him later on, like, we have yeah. actually come to a number of different positions on that over the last year mm. and kind of moved around a lot on that. So it's interesting.
1: Well, we mentioned Pink Floyd today. It's and I think it's such a good parallel, especially with after the split legally, like um, Roger oh, yeah. Waters was allowed to perform stuff from the wall, Pink Floyd was allowed to perform stuff from the wall, and they kind of like, they kind of just, it's interesting to me, I think it's a, the split was kind of similar, and I also feel like Roger Waters was probably the, the most genius of the Pink Floyd members, even though... In my opinion, he sounds his best when he's being tempered by David Gilmore's more straightforward, bluesy, yes, agreed, uh, uh, tastefulness. Agreed. But, anyways, <laughs> well, very similar you, to me.
0: You mentioned Pink Floyd, he actually says Depeche Mode isn't the same without Alan Wilder, Wilder. And but he's not going to dismiss all of their music from the airs without that just that one person. What is your take on
2: Depeche Mode without Alan
1: Wilder, Michelle?
2: I have to say Depeche Mode Some Great Reward was the first CD I ever purchased when I first got my first CD player I think it was 91 it was either 1989 or 1980 1991 but I think it was I think it was 91 but it was right in that era so Tim and I are kind of in the same generation I'm a little bit older than Tim but um, I I don't know how I feel. I have to think about it.
1: I personally, my favorite album by Depressed Mode. I like to call them Depressed Mode. Uh, I love I love Depressed <laughs> yes. Mode. Love me some Depressed Mode. But uh, yes. I love Music for the Masses. That is my favorite album by them. Uh, Violator obviously was very popular and for good reason. There's a lot of great stuff in there personal jesus enjoy the silence
2: princess die is wearing a new dress i mean come on <laughs> and then
1: uh and then Ugh. songs of faith and devotion so my favorite are the three right oh. before uh, he departed so i mean uh, i don't i don't really to be honest i don't i'm not as much uh aware of the stuff after that point like uh, in late late 90s and beyond i kind of lost track of depeche mode so i mean it's it, this is an opportunity for me to get back into them and discover their their more recent stuff. I, I didn't even realize. Are they still? Yeah, they're still they're still cranking out music. I guess they put, they put an album in uh, twenty sixteen. The Spirit. I haven't see. I haven't heard that at all. So I'll have to take a listen. I'm sure they're still quite good. Let me put it this way. Uh, uh, that to me kind of reminds me more of the uh, like Joy Division turning into. Into uh, 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 new order after uh, Ian Curtis died. Yes, uh, and I love New Order. I mm. love New Order. Don't get me wrong, love New Order. But you know, if you're asking me New Order or Joy Division, it's not even a question. Joy Division, instantly for me.
2: I, I guess I would say to to kind of agree with you, or I don't know if I'm agreeing <laughs> with you or not. But I totally, I'm totally with you on the Joy Division, yeah. New Order. Um, but for me, Depeche Mode has always been. David Gain and Martin mm. Gore, like the like those two, have always been the primary. So, what the
1: fuck? <laughs> oh. you'll have to uh, you'll have to hey, cut, um, you'll have to cut that out of my audio.
2: Luckily, <laughs> <laughs> was a nice lull um, there on your end. <laughs> I I guess I should say I was certainly more of a Depeche Mode fanatic when Alan was in the band afterwards i still enjoyed them but i was just doing other things and actually diving deep into bare naked ladies so
1: yeah i'm not sure how much of that had to do with his influence Uh, like i said I, i haven't listened to enough of the newer stuff to be able to make a an educated opinion about that so i apologize
2: agreed i agree with you there i agree he also asks us, "Did Ed ever do
0: any new bathroom sessions?" The answer to that, as far as I have actually uh, been able to find, is absolutely no. Although I would love for Ed to do more bathroom sessions on some of the newest mm. stuff, or even some of its older stuff. Maybe some of the B sides. Um, and if he ever got back together with you know Steve to kind of do those, that would be amazing. But
2: no, he's never done they that. They should anymore. put out an album of duets: the bathroom sessions, oh, just Stephen and Bathroom Ed duets. now. Doing the old songs. That would be. And that would be a nice, that would be a healing event.
1: And I think it needs That's to happen. Kind of, that would be great. I would love that.
0: Yeah. And if you're listening, because we know you do, <laughs> I would pay money for that.
1: Yeah. I must have at least $5 mm. and change under the cushions of the couch. So.
0: <laughs> and then he says that Ed did a podcast um, even before his TV show took off, which we'll talk about later, it mm. uh, talked about how he wrote the songs, especially When I Fall, um, and often played an acoustic version at the end. I have not found this podcast yet, so I actually asked him, I'm like, where'd you find this? Because I have not found this podcast. And did I ever hear them? No, I have never heard them. I, I never have heard it. So I'm looking forward to, if anyone out there knows of Ed's podcast around that, I, I'm going to binge listen to that up and down. If you give me that information, and then finally he says, "Thanks for a great podcast." Well, thank you for the compliment. Yes, thanks and for listening. Looking forward to more episodes.
1: Thank you very much for writing thank you, in, Tim. Yeah, we appreciate it.
0: Yes, it's actually been really fun. And if you guys ever want to uh, talk music with him, I, I'm leaving the uh, emails up on our server and for for you guys, for you, Aaron and Michelle, not for our guests uh, <laughs> to <laughs> to respond to. And then also, if anyone else has messages they want to send us, you can send it to BarenakedABCs at gmail.com or reach out to us on Facebook. Uh, we always love to get get email messages, and we will always try to respond to them here on the show if we have the extra time. Cool.
1: Very cool. Tracy, uh, are, you, are you a fan of public transportation?
0: <laughs> I am I am not a fan of public transportation. Oh, yeah? It's dirty. It's, it's gringy. It's just... Like, it's squished and uncomfortable and usually hot. And just,
1: ugh. Uh, well, and there's all
0: that graffiti on yeah, the walls. Yeah, well, there's
1: definitely some graffiti. I recommend that you check out public transportation in Montreal. Very clean. Uh, every subway car just is perfect. It smells good. Uh, there's no graffiti. So kudos to the, the city of Montreal for having good public transportation.
0: And kudos to Aaron for taking that <laughs> transition Because I knew not where I was going with that one
1: <laughs> Does that mean we're covering so come yeah. back. <laughs> Go ahead
0: Yeah, come back next week as we cover every subway car Not not literally, we're not going to cover every subway car We're oh, not going down this, to New York to discuss <laughs> That would take a long time yeah. Or even up to Montreal or Toronto or any of those cities Like We're just going to cover the song every subway
1: <laughs> We'll see you then Catch you next time. Thank you. Thanks,
2: everyone.
3: (laughs) It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football.